Yes, my gun panel operator is here and uh, Lee's about to uh, fire everything up. We're talking about Adam Kingsley, of course, uh, being given the nod after 16 years as a, an apprentice at uh, a number of AFL clubs, Richmond, uh, St Kilda. We know as a star player at Port Adelaide in the late 90s, early uh, 2000s. But he's now got the opportunity of coaching in his own right. And as I mentioned, he's super excited about taking on the job at the Giants. Super excited about uh, being appointed the head coach of the Giants and um, really excited about what this list is capable of. Uh, can't wait to get stuck in. Um, having said that, though, I have got a job to do at Richmond and I'll be finishing this season with those guys. Uh, but the moment that season is finished, we'll, um, we'll be looking to get stuck in. They're good on him. Uh, a long apprenticeship, 16 years. And he was also asked at the press conference about the GWS Giants list. There's a, there's a lot of excitement around the, the playing list itself. I think the, the, the demographic of the group is really quite exciting. There's a lot of young players coming through that, that have great potential and they're surrounded by some really high-quality, experienced guys. So, um, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be a, you know, a few changes, obviously, as new coaches do, and hopefully we can, um, we can respond and get back to where we've been for a long period of time. But, you know, last year was, was um, you know, quite, not quite where we want to be. Yeah, not quite where you wanted to be in relation to the GWS Giants. They were very disappointing this season. There's no question about that. Leon Cameron, the first coach, and of course Mark McVeigh taking over as the interim coach until the end of the season. But Adam Kingsley, as I mentioned, 16 years as an apprentice, uh, felt that he'd been ready for a number of seasons in recent times to land a top job. Um, oh, to be fair, I've felt ready for, for quite a while now. Um, it's just a matter of being able to get the opportunity, which I'm so grateful for the Giants that they've, they've allowed me to, that, that opportunity to show that um, you know, I can coach and, and, and try to lead this club and, and this playing group to, to where we, we want to go. And um, you know, I think the, the potential that we have here is, is, is really enormous. And I, I, as I said, I can't wait to get stuck in. And finally, on Adam Kingsley, interesting last night on the couch at Fox, uh, Nick Revolt, the St Kilda, former St Kilda captain, of course, knew Adam Kingsley. He was an assistant at the Saints when he was leading the St Kilda Football Club. And this is what Nick Revolt had to say about Kingsley's appointment. So when I heard the news, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I'm genuinely so happy for Adam. He, he has done the most remarkable apprenticeship. He taught me more about forward play and forward craft than any other coach I'd had at any stage, which for a guy that played back really? pocket and, and midfield mm. predominantly, great communicator, great motivator, will be able to challenge strongly and, and understand what it takes to bring a great Hard team together. Enough. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, well there you go. Hard enough? Oh yeah, he is. So it'll be interesting to see how he does go. And just before we speak to Brett Phillips about tennis, David Warner's stunning return to the BBL with the Sydney Thunder is even more remarkable given his wife, Candice, recent comments that he'd never play in the domestic T20 league ever again. Warner announced on Sunday that his nine-year exile from the BBL is over after he signed a two-year deal, wonder what it's worth, with the Thunder that will allow him to play for them when not representing Australia. This is what Dave Warner had to say about that. Was it always going to be the Thunder? Did you think if you were going to, to get back to the Big Bash? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a toss-up between you know the girls and myself. Um, they like magenta, but uh, at the end of the day, I played first with the Thunder, and you know it's a, it's a great fit for, for myself and, and the guys that are in that team. So there you go, Dave Warner on his return to the BBL. So we'll see uh, how he does go because he was on his way out, wasn't he, a couple of weeks ago. And Candice, his wife, was suggesting he wouldn't play in the BBL. He was off to the lucrative uh, United Arab Emirates uh, T20 
tournament. But I, I got a feeling Cricket Australia has got involved and given him a nice little uh, contract over the next couple of years. All right. Speaking of big money, there is big money on offer uh, starting next Monday. It is the final Grand Slam of 2022 and really can toss a coin on who could possibly take off the men's and women's singles crown. I know he's out at a dinner appointment, so we appreciate him very much for stepping out for a couple of moments. We won't keep him long. Is Brett Phillips, our SEN tennis expert and the host of the first serve. Uh, Brett, thanks for your time. Hey, Pete. Nice to chat. Have you had your main course? Uh, indeed, yes. Oh, that's good. Stuff. A bit of dessert even as well, Pete. So okay. I'm all yours. Okay. As long as you don't belch over the uh, phone, we'll be okay, mate. All right. <laughs> Let's have a look at uh, the... The current situation in tennis, uh, a lot of Australians are, are putting their hand up. I just mentioned in previewing that we're going to have a chat to you. Uh, there are 10 Australians that will contest the US Open men's singles, of course, led by Demonor and Nick Kyrgios. And there's uh, certainly nine Australian women and I think about three Australian men that will go through the yep. qualies. So there could be a really nice splattering of uh, Australians uh, at Flushing Meadow in New York this time around. Yeah, we hope so, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, qualities gets underway in a few hours. Uh, uh, overnight, uh, our time, we'll have a number of uh, Australians out in action in the nice humidity of uh, New York. But, yeah, look, I think certainly uh, this time around from the men, it's great to see more in the main draw than we've ever had before. Now, as we know, the cutoff for the main draw was six weeks ago, and that's what allowed Kubler and O'Connell uh, to join the other Aussies inside the top 100. They're both, uh, technically this week, their ranking is outside the top 100. Uh, but because the cutoff is six weeks ago, they don't have to go through uh, qualifying. So uh, that's good news uh, for them. And they're playing in Winston-Salem, the 250 uh, this week as a final tune-up. So, yeah, we'll have the three Aussies in, in qualies. Uh, great to see Mark Polman's back. I mean, he's been missing since uh, gee, March, April this year. I saw him down at Melbourne Park a few weeks ago rehabbing and he's using his uh, protected ranking to get into qualifying. Uh, Alexander Vukic has been out with an elbow, so first time we've seen him for a while. He's the next Aussie trying to uh, crack the top 100, about at 131 in the ranks at the moment. And, uh, and Max Purcell has squeezed in and you know, I hope there's more upside for Max, certainly from a singles point of view. And we're sort of the normal names from an Australian female point of view in quality, so we've seen it you know, quite a bit, those that group of girls who haven't quite been able to crack the top 100, who once again have got to go through the uh, the hard road of qualifying. And we can only hope that, yeah, a few uh, put their hand up this week. Interesting, you're looking at the US Open uh, men's singles draw. At the moment, the big favourite would be Novak Djokovic, but his participation is in strong doubt because he yep. is uh, unvaccinated against coronavirus. So he could be barred from playing. And then, of course, already Alexander Zverev, due to his ankle injury, has confirmed he won't play. All of a sudden, it does open it up for someone like Nick Kyrgios, doesn't it? Look, it does. Uh, it, it really has become uh, almost the, um, the the female conversation. I mean, every, every time we get to a major, we talk about how open the female uh, side of things is. But the men, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, watching Borna Chorich uh, yesterday win in Cincinnati beating uh, Pass. I mean, he's a guy that's been world number 12 and had, you know, 12 months off the tour dealing with injury. I mean, uh, sometimes you can just be in red-hot form when it really counts, and uh, he, he'll bring that great confidence of winning a, a Masters 1000. I mean, Pass hasn't quite been able to crack it on the hard court, so he's still got that challenge. And, you know, Carlos Alcaraz has just come back to the pack of in terms of results the last few weeks. I mean, he obviously set such a high bar in the first part of the year, so... 
there's, 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 there's openings. Absolutely, there's openings. And, uh, you know, Kyrgios will um, we'll have to wait and see. Interestingly, Peter, I had a, a conversation with a couple of people uh, today about the Davis Cup. And we know that, you know, Nick hasn't been uh, named in the team. Well, he made himself unavailable because he does want to get home after the US Open to see his mum in particular, who's been a bit crook, and uh, he's not going to play in the Labor Cup. But a little birdie might have suggested to me today that if, if Nick, and we hope it's not the case, but if he did bomb out early at the US Open um, and get home, that may still open the door for him to be added to our Davis Cup team late if there was a, uh, a nice period of time. And, and whether you can uh, make that late change, I was trying to verify that with the ITF uh, today. So... We'll watch that space with a bit of interest, but I mean, really, we want to yeah see Nick go as as deep as he can at the U.S. Open. It's interesting. Uh, he said, "I've got two more tournaments to play: Cincinnati, and of course, in the U.S. <clears throat> Open." His mother is not in the best of health, so no doubt mentally, he's checked out a bit thinking about his family. How do you think this will impact him at the U.S. Open? And would it have been better yeah. for him to go home and have a bit of peace of mind? Mm. Uh, but saying that, no doubt he feels by staying on he can give this a, a decent uh, lick, if we can term it that way. Yeah, and I, I think he wanted, uh, you know, being in the form that he has through this US hardcore swing, he wanted to try and uh, maximise it. Uh, I mean, he went out second round to Fritz uh, last week, but, you know, you're not going to be able to just have it on your terms, winning every week. The, the tour um, just doesn't uh, allow that. But if he can get a good draw early, and that'll come out uh, later in the week, um, who knows? I mean, we, we try and obviously forecast ahead with Nick, and that's a hard thing to do. But there's been some more solid results in the last, you know, six months that suggest that there has been a little change in him. But whether how sustainable that is, we'll have to wait and see. But he does normally get to this time of the year, and he only wants to, as we've stated before, Pete, he only wants to be on tour for a certain amount of months. Then he gets restless and wants to get home and just be home in the, his normal surrounds. So he's getting to that point of the year. I mean, the US opens an interesting one full stop I mean you know by the time you get to the fourth major uh, you're carrying a bit more fatigue you're carrying niggles uh, you've got to deal with uh, the oppressive um, heat in New York you to try and you know win a major that saluted plenty who just also struggle to cope with the whole environment of the US Open which is boisterous and loud and in your face uh, so yeah I mean we saw it with Raducanu out of nowhere last year on the women's side it, it is the you know, we talk about the French sometimes throwing up different winners, but the US Open as well um, is one of the, the harder ones to win. Let's have a look at the women's draw. We saw Serena Williams. I don't think I've ever seen her actually lose a set to love, but that happened against Emma Raducanu, who, of course, took off the US Open in what was one of the biggest surprises in the history of the tournament. Now, Serena will play her final tournament at the US Open. The way she's playing at the moment, I'm not sure her tenure is going to be too long. Uh, what? How do you forecast what's going to happen with Serena? And I was a trifle disappointed, actually, that she didn't actually yep. spend a minute or two to acknowledge the people in Cincinnati that had been there cheering for her and no doubt came specially to see her play that match. Yeah, I mean, look, she doesn't necessarily... I mean, she hates this word retirement, goodbye. She doesn't know how to say goodbye. Um, you know, she... Uh, I mean, there's always been this mystique around the Williams. You know, they're... they're Interesting to observe across, you know, their, their longevity uh, in the sport from teenage girls to you know mature women, and you know one being a mum. Uh, but yeah, I don't think she necessarily feels comfortable, um, you know, doing the whole final goodbye. And look, probably there was more 
disappointment because if you're going to go out I and mean, you want to go out on a respectable note to lose a set like that, as you say, we, you know, we can't think of the last time Serena lost a set six love. I suppose that sort of overwhelmed her to um, you know depart the court and, and get out of there. What will be interesting in New York now, I'm told uh, that they've sold out Arthur Ashe for night one and two. So she'll play at night, depending on mm. the draw later this week. Um, you, know, you might have the, the prize ticket if you bought tickets to see her for the last time. And you know, I think, look, the way she's playing, depending who she gets, look, her tennis at the moment is just not really stacking up. And all we can hope for is that she might be inspired just to fight one last time to produce that, you know, that um, that incredible spirit that she's played with. Uh, but, yeah, at, at the moment, none of the girls are really that intimidated. They, they know the game plan to dismantle her. Um, you know, I don't think we'll get a Jimmy Connors run, uh, Peter, <laughs> but, yeah, not, not 1991, and, uh, which will be in our memories forever. When you look at the entries and also the seeds in the women's draws, Vitek, of course, one, and Contivate, two, Sakari, three, Bedosa, four, Jabir, five, mm. and Sabalenka, six. That is an open field if I've ever seen one. Oh, well, I still can't get over the fact that Annette Contivate is the world number two. Um, so just the yeah. rankings in tennis work in peculiar ways. But, yeah, we were talking about Iga Sviantek on the first serve last night. I mean, since she's won Roland Garros, what, third round Wimbledon, uh, she made a quarterfinal on home soil in Poland and it was, what is, I think, gone round of 16, um, Toronto and also Cincinnati. So she was always going to come back to the pack at some point after such a dominant first part of the year. So no guarantee she's just going to get onto the hard courts of Flushing Meadows and dominate. And who knows, there'll be someone that'll, you know, maybe step up. Not quite a, a Raducanu fairy tale story, but there might be someone in that top 100 that we just can't forecast mm. uh, right now who could just have a great run. So once again, as we say, just throw a blanket over all the women. And you know, maybe, you know, looking at Caroline Garcia over the weekend, uh, beating Kvitova to win Cincinnati. I mean, she's been former world number four. Uh, the French have always been technically very equipped. She's had a couple of yips uh, years with the serve. Uh, but she brings some great form and momentum. So who knows? Maybe it's one of the, the older uh, players that we've not totally written off that might just have one last chapter. So, yeah, yeah. It's a fascinating US Open. It is a fascinating US Open. Really looking forward to it. Okay, as we let you go, Brett, and we'll let you get back to your, your company, I appreciate you stepping out for a few moments. How does the qualities work and who progresses through to the main draw? Yep, so you basically got... Uh, in qualities, you've got 128 uh, men, 128 women. So it's the equivalent of the main draw in terms of numbers. Uh, and then obviously um, there's 16, 16 each. 16 go through on the men's and the women's. Uh, so three rounds of qualifying, um, which uh, the players will pretty much play back-to-back days and it's uh, best of three. Okay. So, yeah, we've got a few getting... I think Vukic is out about 1am tomorrow morning Eastern and then, yeah, there'll be a few sprinkled uh, throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, this is where you want to put your best foot forward to qualify for a main draw. So there's uh, plenty plenty to play for. Yeah, and good luck to a couple of the West Aussies in Madison Inglis and Astra Sharma who are going through the qualities yep. to play in the main draw. Good on you, Brett. Thanks for joining us, mate. And we'll keep in touch. Um, you're catching up on your sleep because you'll need it uh, come Monday next week. Uh, you're going to be long days, long nights, uh, combining the, uh, the TV and the radio stuff. But we'll have a, we'll have a good kip across the weekend, Pete, with no finals footy and be uh, fresh and ready to go. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Thank you, Peter. Good on you. Brett Phillips, uh, the host of The First Serve and also SEN's tennis expert. Love talking to Brett about tennis. Uh, he just nails it. He really does. He, he knows exactly how things uh, progress. Just repeating, uh, the 10 Australians, uh, men that are through, are already playing. Demonor, Kyrgios, Kokonakis, Popperin, Duckworth, Millman, Thompson, Kubler, O'Connell, and the wild card, Hijikata. So uh, a good representation in the main draw when it comes to Australians, and we wish them the best of luck. And also good luck to our two West Aussies going through qualies there. Uh, Madison Inglis, the world number 135, and Astra Sharma. It's coming up 24 past five, Drive with Peter Vlahos. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. That number to call, Ben Dalgleish, the dealer principal there at Scarborough Toyota, says, Peter, tell your listeners that we service and buy all makes and models. They just don't need to be Toyota. They do service all makes and models. So, courtesy of the DP, Ben Dalgleish, I'm telling our SEN Drive listeners, uh, if you're looking for a service and you're in the locality, Scarborough Toyota, they're just under the... uh, Glendalow train station overpass there in Scarborough Beach Road. Back with more in a moment here on Drive. It's 25 past five.